Fiscal Update is a compilation of brief news articles published by the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency throughout each month. The articles cover actions taken at meetings of state boards and commissions, news releases from state agencies, updates on the status of the state budget, reports on audits of state and local government, and other items of interest to legislators and their constituents. If you would like to receive email notifications when individual Fiscal Update articles are published, please go to www.legis.iowa.gov slash subscribe. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Iowa LSA. To view all charts and graphs coinciding with these reports, please go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab at the top and then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Under Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and search for a particular report. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 1, 2019, State Historical Building Task Force. The State Historical Building Task Force met on October 30, 2019 at the fairgrounds. The task force is charged with assessing the possibility of constructing a new state historical building on the state fairgrounds. The task force is required to provide an interim report to the General Assembly by December 20, 2019 and a final report to the General Assembly by January 1, 2021. Task Force Business The task force approved rules and elected chairpersons. Staff from the Legislative Services Agency discussed the requirements of the task force in 2019 Iowa Acts, House File 765. Potential locations. The State Fair Board presented three locations on the state fairgrounds in which the State Historical Building could be located. All three potential locations are on the north side of the property and are currently used for parking. Other locations being considered in the center of the fairgrounds were believed to be more impractical. Other issues. The task force discussed what additional information must be collected and what decisions must be made as well as the size of the building, parking, facility operations and management, value of the existing property, and future fair infrastructure plans. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Adam Broich, Legislative Analyst 3 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-8223. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 6, 2019. State Appeal Board Meeting, November 2019. The State Appeal Board met on November 4, 2019 at the State Capitol Building. The Board took the following actions. Approved approximately $15,000 in general claims pursuant to Iowa Code Chapter 25 and approved approximately $28,000 in tort claims pursuant to Iowa Code Chapter 669. Settlements. The board approved two settlements totaling approximately $140,000, including one settlement in the amount of $80,000, $40,000 to be paid by the state of Iowa, and $40,000 to be paid by the city of Boone as a result of an arrest after a search without a warrant. The next state appeal board meeting will be held in December 2019. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Angel Banks Adams, Legislative Analyst 1, with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6301. Fiscal update, Fiscal Services Division, November 6, 2019, Judicial Retirement System Actuarial Valuation Report. The July 1, 2019 Actuarial Valuation 
Evaluation Report of the Judicial Retirement System was prepared by Kavanaugh McDonald Consulting. The contribution rates for the state and for the members of the Judicial Retirement System are set by statute. The state's contribution rate will be 30.60% and the members' contribution rate will be 9.35%. There is no change compared to the prior year. Valuation Report. The actuarial value of assets totaled $209.9 million, an increase of $13.1 million compared to the previous year. The unfunded actuarial accrued liability is $33.7 million, a decrease of $4.6 million compared to the previous year. The current funded ratio based on the actuarial value of assets is 86.2%. Additional information on the Judicial Retirement System is available in the Fiscal Topic Judicial Retirement System or on the Judicial Branch website. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Jennifer Acton, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-7846. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 7, 2019. Iowa Finance Authority Board Meeting, November 2019. The Iowa Finance Authority, IFA, Board met on November 6, 2019. The Board took the following actions. Authorized a revolving construction loan of $250,000 to Denison Housing Development LLC for the construction of duplex-style townhomes to be sold at under $215,000 each. Authorized the award of $25,000 for Iowa mortgage help from the State Housing Trust Fund, SHTF, for fiscal year 2020, contingent on the fiscal year 2020 receipt of $17,500 from Iowa Homeland Security and Emergency Management. The board also authorized the award of $25,000 from the SHTF for both fiscal year 2021 and fiscal year 2022. Authorized awards to 28 applicants totaling $2.5 million for CY 2020 from the Iowa Statewide Emergency Solutions Grant Program. The program is a federal program of the United States Department of Housing and Urban Development designed to assist people to quickly regain stability in permanent housing after experiencing a housing crisis and or homelessness. The board also authorized awards to 26 applicants totaling $1.2 million from the Shelter Assistance Fund program. The Shelter Assistance Fund program is a state-funded program that supports the costs of operations for group home shelters for the homeless and domestic violence shelters. Authorized an increase of $27,000 in low-income housing tax credits for CHI North Bay LLLP related to a 24-unit project in Fairfield. Authorized the issuance of $75 million of Iowa Finance Authority Senior Living Facility Revenue Bonds under the Private Activity Bond Program for the Village Terrace Project in Waterloo. The bonds will be used to construct new independent living units and a skilled nursing facility. And authorized the reissuance of $80 million of Iowa Finance Authority bonds after the Private Activity Bond Program for the HF Chlor Akali Project in Eddyville. 
Director's Report, the IFA Executive Director, Debbie Durham, advised the board about the sale of the old IFA building. A special meeting will be held on November 8, 2019 at 11.30 a.m. to address the sale. Administrative Rules. The board adopted administrative rules related to the Home and Community-Based Services Revolving Loan Program. The program assists in the development and expansion of facilities and infrastructure that provide adult day services, respite services, and congregate meals for low-income individuals. The board also adopted administrative rules related to the Federal Low-Income Housing Tax Credit, LIHTC, programs. The board received financial reports from the IFA staff. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 7, 2019. Grants awarded to support community water and sewer infrastructure projects. November 2019, the Iowa Economic Development Authority, IEDA, made grant awards totaling $3 million to nine Iowa cities on November 6, 2019. The IEDA awarded Community Development Block Grants, CDBG, program funds to support community water and sewer infrastructure projects. The CDBG program is federally funded through the United States Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD. The program enables communities to upgrade water and sewer systems, improve housing conditions for low-income homeowners, provide facilities for disabled and at-risk individuals, and make improvements to downtowns. The IEDA is responsible for administering the CDBG funds in the non-metropolitan areas of the state. The grants are awarded based on the benefit provided to low- and moderate-income persons' financial need, project impact and readiness, and commitment of local resources to the project. Applications are solicited quarterly. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 12, 2019, Medical Assistance Advisory Council, MAAC Quarterly Meeting. The MAAC met on November 7, 2019. Medicaid Director's Update. Medicaid Director Mike Randall provided an update on the Medicaid program. He noted the following. Open choice enrollment has ended for the Managed Care Organizations, MCOs. Members may only switch MCOs now for good cause. Approximately 58% of the managed care enrollees are with Amerigroup and 42% are with Iowa Total Care. The Department of Human Services, DHS, has seen no major issues with the transition to the new MCO Iowa Total Care. The director continues to meet twice weekly with senior management of Iowa Total Care to work through issues as they arise. Iowa Total Care posted a claims issue log on November 8, 2019, so providers are aware of known issues and what Iowa Total Care is working on correcting. The DHS received approval for a ground emergency medical transportation, GEMT, supplemental payment program 
from the Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS. The department is currently working with local government entities on the logistics of implementing the program in conjunction with the MCOs. The new payment system for the Healthy and Well Kids in Iowa Hawkeye program is up and running. Individuals will now be able to set up automatic payments on the website for up to 12 months. The new system will help correct the payment issues experienced with the old payment system. In addition to the update, Director Randall reviewed the fourth quarter managed care report. MCO updates. Amerigroup stated that with United Healthcare of the River Valley leaving the program, Amerigroup's enrollment has increased from approximately 240 individuals to 388,000 individuals. This includes the increase of Amerigroup's long-term services and supports LTSS enrollment from 12,252 to 24,200. Due to the expansion of its caseload, Amerigroup has hired an additional 400 positions, including 130 new community-based case managers to assist with the increase in the LTSS population. In addition, Amerigroup noted the increase in claims and possible slower turnaround for claims not filed electronically. Amerigroup also mentioned a number of pilot projects that it is working on to improve care and it has transitioned to an in-house pharmacy benefits manager in Genio RX from Express Scripts. Iowa Total Care noted that it has trained 800 employees. Iowa Total Care has completed 1,055 level of care LOC assessments since July 1st, has paid 99% of claims within 30 days, and has approximately 265,000 members enrolled. In addition, it is working on value-based care such as avoiding neonatal intensive care unit stays and emergency department admissions. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Jess Benson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-4611. Fiscal update. Fiscal Services Division, November 12, 2019. Main Street, Iowa Challenge Grants Awarded. The Iowa Economic Development Authority, IEDA, awarded Main Street Challenge Grants totaling $1 million to 14 Iowa communities on November 7, 2019. The grants will help with upper story renovations, building stabilization, and facade restoration and upgrades. The grants are administered through IEDA's Iowa Downtown Resource Center and Main Street Iowa programs. The funding will be distributed in the form of matching grants with each project providing at least a dollar-for-dollar match. The estimated total project cost of these 14 projects is over $3.2 million. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst, with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 18, 2019. Natural Resource Commission meeting, November 2019. The Natural Resource Commission met on November 14, 2019 in Des Moines. The new Deputy Director for the Department of Natural Resources, DNR, is Alex Moon. Previously, Mr. Moon was the Land Quality Bureau Chief. Land acquisition. The following land acquisitions were approved. The donation of 1.7 acres of land at Wapsapinican State Park in Jones County. The land will provide water quality benefits and improve habitat for native animals. 
the exchange of one acre of land in Green Valley State Park in Union County. The land includes a house that has been rented for some years, which has added duties to park staff. The DNR will exchange the land with the dwelling for one acre of land plus $9,000 from the owners. Both tracts of land are adjacent to Green Valley State Park and are located on the north side of the park. The purchase of 120 acres at the Lansing Wildlife Management Area, WMA, in Almakee County for $415,000. The land is being purchased from the Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation and will be used for public hunting and habitat development. The purchase of 370 acres at Tyville Bend, WMA in Monona County for $395,000 from the Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation. The land will be used for public hunting, habitat development, and other recreational activities. And the purchase of 42 acres at the North Raccoon River WMA in Greene County for $143,000 from the landowners. The land will be used for the development of habitat, public hunting, and other recreational opportunities. Contracts approved. The following contracts were approved. A contract not to exceed $2.3 million with the Scott County Conservation Board, CCB, for lake restoration at West Lake Park. The work includes reduction of sediment and nutrient delivery. A contract not to exceed $4 million with the City of Council Bluffs for a second lake restoration project at Lake Manawa. Plans are for the lake to be dredged and 500,000 cubic yards of material to be removed. And a contract not to exceed $52,000 with Isthmus Architecture of Madison, Wisconsin to develop and submit a historic structure report for Cedar Rock State Park where the summer home of Lowell and Agnes Walters is located. The home, designed by Frank Lloyd Wright, was completed in 1950. The home was donated to the DNR in 1981 after the death of Lowell Walters and is the main attraction at Cedar Rock State Park. Water Recreation Access Cost Share Grants The following grants were approved to receive funding from the Marine Fuel Tax Fund for Water Recreational Projects. City of Bellevue received $200,000 for a new boat ramp. City of Clear Lake received $10,000 to install a new boat cleaning station. Ringgold CCB received $41,000 for three new docks at Liberty Lake. One of the docks can be used as a kayak launcher. Palo Alto CCB received $65,000 for the construction of a restroom facility at Basswood Recreation Area. Lynn CCB received $13,000 to regrade a parking area at the North Cedar Natural Area. Blackhawk CBC received $4,100 to remove and replace a boat dock at Rapp Park. Union CCB received $18,000 to install a new canoe-slash-kayak dock at Three Mile Lake and Recreation Area. City of Eldon received $25,000 for a new shelter to park boats at the Eldon Public Water Access Area. Des Moines CBC received $6,800 for a canoe-slash-kayak dock at Big Hollow Recreation Area. And Dickinson CCB received $20,000 for a boat dock and ramp at Ainsworth Orleans Beach. The next meeting will be held at 9.30 a.m. on December 12, 
2019 in Des Moines. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Kozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 18, 2019. Iowa 911 Communications Council, November 2019. The Iowa 911 Communications Council met on November 14, 2019 at the Des Moines Parks and Recreation Board in Des Moines. 911 Program Financial Reports and Program Update. Blake DeRoshi, 911 Program Manager, provided the council with the following updates on the 911 program and its current financial standing. CIS Grants Update. In October 2019, 10 counties received Geographic Information System, or GIS, grants totaling $72,000. Funding is contingent on verification that the applicant possesses 98% match rates with GIS and 95% match rates with Automatic Location Identifier, ALI. Year-to-date for fiscal year 2020, 42 counties have received GIS funding for a total of $276,000. 911 Council Travel, Public Education, and Training Fund. Mr. DeRoshi shared that as of November 14th, the Council has approved a total of $51,200 to be distributed from the 911 Council Travel, Public Education, and Training Fund. Approximately $100,000 is allocated toward the fund annually. The current fund balance totals $35,556. At the November 2019 meeting, four requests for training funds were made. National Emergency Number Association, NENA, Fall Conference Speaker, $3,250. Lynn County, Complacency, Cannibalism, and Critical Thinking Training, $12,000. Association of Public Safety Communications, or APCO, post Spring Conference Power of Peer Support Training, $5,725, and Cerro Gordo County 911's Least Wanted slash Am I Just a Dispatcher Training, $8,000. Additionally, the Council was reminded of two additional upcoming APCO trainings and one NENA training that require the Council's approval for funding. Mr. DeRoshi noted that with the approval of funding for the above trainings, the Council Travel Public Education and Training Fund has the potential to end the fiscal year at a deficit of approximately $4,000. After a discussion of potential options to reduce this deficit, the Council voted to reduce the training fund requests for the following trainings. Lynn County Training, $9,840. APCO Post Spring Conference Training, $4,964.50. Cerro Gordo County Training, $6,560. Zetron Mission Critical Communications Solutions Contract Update. Cody Brink, Zetron Area Sales Manager, discussed Zetron's work in updating the 113 existing public safety answering points, PSAPs, in delivering the next generation 911 NG911 solution to enhance public safety services across the state. The Iowa Department of Homeland Security and Emergency Management awarded Zetron with an NG911 contract in December 2017. Zetron provides a call taking system that offers CAD 911 mapping and emergency medical dispatch software in implementing 
NG911 protocols and systems. Henry County deployed the Zetron Communications Platform on November 13, 2019. The Department of Public Safety, located in Des Moines, in conjunction with the Johnston Armory, plans to deploy the technology in December 2019. The table that accompanies this fiscal update depicts a timeline of current and future Zetron technology deployment events. The green lines depict Zetron working actively toward a confirmed deployment date. The yellow lines depict a target deployment date and the blue lines depict a probable time frame, depending on various factors still being worked on or currently on hold, with a new deployment date not yet determined. The next council meeting will be at 9 a.m. Thursday, December 12, 2019 at West Des Moines City Hall. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Christine Meckler, Legislative Analyst 2 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-250-0458. To see the table that accompanies this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the public tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal Update and go to the PDF titled Iowa 911 Communications Council, November 2019. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 21, 2019. Board of Regents Meeting, November 2019. The Board of Regents met in open session at the University of Northern Iowa on November 14, 2019, after conducting committee work on November 13th. After adopting the consent agenda, Board President Michael Richards gave a brief report followed by reports from the three university presidents and the superintendent of the special schools. Reports received. The board received the fiscal year 2019 Economic Development and Technology Transfer Report detailing the efforts of the three universities to collaborate with business and industry as well as with each other to foster economic development and entrepreneurship in Iowa. The report details state appropriations totaling $10.2 million from the general fund and the skilled worker and job creation fund. Additional detail from each of the universities is available in the meeting's agenda items on the Board of Regents website. The fall 2019 enrollment report was presented and discussed. The three universities enrolled 2,732 fewer students in fall 2019 than in fall 2018, representing a 3.5% decrease. The University of Iowa saw a decrease of 416 students, 1.3%. Iowa State University saw a decrease of 1,601 students, 4.6%. And the University of Northern Iowa saw a decrease of 715 students, 6.4%. Despite the enrollment declines in each of the past three years, the total headcount enrollment of 75,128 students is the sixth highest in the history of the region's universities. The board received a presentation regarding an economic impact study conducted by MC, a labor market analytics 
firm in Moscow, Idaho. The report found that the Regents Universities provided $11.8 billion in added income to the state in fiscal year 2018. The report also notes that university activity supports nearly 150,000 jobs and returns nearly $3 for every taxpayer dollar spent. The full report reports for each of the universities and other supporting information are available on the Board of Regents website. All of the agenda items from the November 13th and 14th committee and board sessions as well as videos of presentations to the committees and the Board of Regents are available on the website. The next meeting of the board is scheduled for February 5th and 6th, 2020 at the Board of Regents office in Urbandale, Iowa. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 21, 2019. Audit. Department of Natural Resources. Report released. On October 16, 2019, the Auditor of State released an audit report on the Department of Natural Resources, DNR, for fiscal year 2018. The following audit findings were reported. Field offices. There was a review of 21 field offices with the following findings. Eight offices did not properly tag capital assets. Ten offices lacked segregation of duties over the collection, deposit, and reconciliation of revenues. One office did not have a petty cash fund established as the responsibility of one person. Seven offices did not have revenue counted by an independent person in a secure location. One site did not restrictively endorse checks upon receipt. And three offices had camping coupon books on hand that did not agree with the central office's inventory. Iowa Code Compliance. The DNR was not in compliance with the following. Agricultural Easement Program, Iowa Code Section 456B.11 states the DNR shall develop and implement a program for the acquisition of wetlands and conservation easements on and around wetlands that result from the closure or change in the use of agricultural drainage wells. The DNR has not implemented this program. And Inventory of Protected Wetlands, Iowa Code Section 456B.11. B.12 states the DNR shall inventory the wetlands and marshes of each county and make a preliminary designation as to which constitute protected wetlands. Also, the director is required to issue an order designating the protected wetlands in the county within 60 days following the completion of the hearing or the issuance of a mediation release. The DNR has not complied. Responses. The DNR responded to the findings. Field offices. The DNR has policies and procedures in place for receipt collection, segregations of duties, and the reconciliation of receipts to the initial listing. The department recently established a site visit program to ensure all policies and procedures are adequately communicated to field staff. Capital asset listings are updated on an ongoing basis throughout the fiscal year. Timing issues will also be a factor in the recording of the department's additions, transfers, and deletions due to central office notification from field personnel. Also, there is a delay in asset tag application as asset tags are sent from the central office to the field staff via mail. The department performs an annual confirmation of capital assets with field personnel to ensure any additions slash deletions are properly recorded. This annual process also includes verification of capital asset location 
tag legibility, and tag placement visibility. Iowa Code Compliance, the following responses were submitted by the DNR. The DNR works with willing landowners to restore wetlands. However, the department has not developed a specific program for the acquisition of wetlands and conservation easements resulting from the closure of agricultural drainage wells. The department has a strong interest in restoring wetlands. However, acquiring highly productive farmland, either by easement or fee, simple, is very expensive. Additional sources of funding would be necessary for the successful implementation of this program. The DNR has relied on federal programs to accomplish this work and works closely with the Iowa Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship, IDALS, to reduce the negative impacts of agricultural drainage wells. The IDALS Agricultural Drainage Well Closure Program has had adequate funding and good landowner participation in its effort to close wells by cost-sharing alternative drainage systems. Although Iowa Code Section 460.304 allows IDALS to use agricultural drainage well closure funding for alternative water quality practices, such as restoration of wetlands, Landowners have historically been interested in continuing to farm the land. History has shown that farmers prefer assistance with alternative drainage systems more than wetland restoration. To date, the IDALS has found little landowner interest in the alternative to restore wetlands. The DNR will work to amend this Iowa Code section in upcoming legislative sessions. And the inventory of protected wetlands was never established because the current federal regulations exceed the protection this Iowa Code requirement would offer. Current federal regulations in Section 404 under the Clean Water Act accomplish the same or more than the Iowa Code section as this section regulates only pothole-type wetlands classified as, quote, type 3, 4, or 5, end quote. This wetland classification is outdated and fails to recognize other wetland types such as forest wetlands, fens, and sedge meadows. It also exempts wetlands located in drainage or levee districts. See Iowa Code Section 456B.1. Conclusion, the response was accepted. The audit report is on the Office of Audit. Auditor of State website. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Kozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 21, 2019. Audit, Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship. On October 17, 2019, the Auditor of State released an audit report on the Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship. DALS for fiscal year 2018. The following audit findings were reported. Segregation of duties. In the Dairy Bureau, the Commercial Feed and Fertilizer Bureau, and the Animal Industry Bureau, one person is responsible for opening mail, recording receipts in the Bureau's database, preparing the deposit, and taking the deposit to accounting. The person does not prepare a reconciliation of Bureau records to determine whether the appropriate fees were received and deposited. In the Dairy Bureau and Animal Industry Bureau, an independent reconciliation of collections to deposits 
is not performed. Also in the Dairy Bureau, fees received are not recalculated for accuracy, at least on a test basis. In the Weights and Measures Bureau, one person is responsible for opening mail, recording receipts in the Bureau's database, preparing the deposit, and taking the deposit to accounting. The Bureau performs a reconciliation of collections to deposits, but there is no evidence the reconciliation is reviewed by an independent person. The person who collects the fees is also responsible for mailing renewal notices for licenses, updating the outstanding license listing, and mailing past due notices. The Bureau does not perform a reconciliation of licenses issued to fees collected. In the Pesticide Bureau, the mail opener does not prepare an initial listing of receipts. The individual who collects fees for licenses, certifications, and product registrations is responsible for mailing licenses, certifications, and product registrations and is responsible for mailing renewal forms. The Bureau reconciles licenses, certifications, and product registrations issued to fees collected but there is no evidence the reconciliation is reviewed by an independent person. Additionally, for dealer license renewals and product registration renewals based on gross retail sales, the Bureau does not verify annual gross retail sales, at least on a test basis. Iowa Code Compliance Licensing Exam Iowa Code Section 215.23 requires the department to conduct a qualifying examination prior to issuing a commercial weighing and measuring servicer license. The department does not administer a qualifying examination. Government Member Attendance Iowa Code Section 69.15 provides a person appointed by the governor to a board is deemed to have submitted a resignation if that person does not attend three or more consecutive meetings or if the person attends less than one half of the regular meetings within 12 calendar months beginning on July 1st. Three members of the State Soil Conservation and Water Quality Committee, SSCWQC, did not comply with the attendance requirements. Responses. The DALS responded to the findings. Segregation of duties. Limited funding constricts the full segregation of duties. However, the DALS has made changes to further segregate duties. The incoming mail is being opened by the department receptionist for many of the bureaus. In addition, the department has implemented a desktop deposit system for most bureaus and will transition all remaining bureaus at some point in the near future. The deposit system allows for deposits to be completed in an overnight process rather than a weekly deposit of fees. The department is pursuing e-payment options that will be tested in the Pesticide Bureau and then eventually implemented throughout the department. Licensing exam. The annual fee is currently $5 for the commercial weighing and measuring servicer license, and the fee does not cover the cost to conduct an exam. The National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST, has created a national exam. However, by implementing the national exam, there could be increased costs for re-examinations. In communicating with other states, the department is now considering an outside vendor to administer the exam. Committee members. During the audited time period, one SSCWQC member was experiencing significant health issues and treatments. That member stayed in contact with the department staff but was unable to attend all required meetings. Several other board members expressed concerns on personal-slash-professional conflicts that prohibited regular attendance. 
attendance. One of those members resigned and one member has now retired. Conclusion, the responses were accepted. The audit report is on the Office of Auditor of State website. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Deb Kozell, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6767. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 22, 2019. State Historical Society of Iowa Board of Trustees Meeting, November 2019. The State Historical Society of Iowa Board of Trustees met on November 21, 2019. Board Action. The Board Authorized Historic Preservation Fund, HPF, certified local government grants totaling $90,000 to 10 applicants. The State Historic Preservation Office was awarded the funding through the United States Department of the Interior. The grantees are cities and counties that will use the funding for local historic preservation projects. The staff of the Department of Cultural Affairs, DCA, provided information on various programs and activities of the DCA. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 22, 2019. College Student Aid Commission Meeting, November 2019. The College Student Aid Commission met on Friday, November 15, 2019 in Des Moines, Iowa. In addition to routine matters, the commission received a report from Bankers Trust regarding the status of investment funds as part of the Gear Up 2.0 program, authorized Executive Director Karen Mizjak to execute an agreement with the National Student Clearinghouse for database access to meet specific federal grant program requirements on college enrollment and completion, as well as for research purposes, authorized Director Ms. Jack to execute an amendment to the agreement with Gold Bridge Partners, Incorporated to extend the total number of allowable renewals from five to nine. The contract provides for customization, configuration, and implementation of a secure web-based system for administration of grant, scholarship, and loan repayment programs. Authorized the post-secondary registration administrator to issue an order to show cause why the commission should not require InSpirit Institute to cease operating in Iowa for failure to comply with requirements for a school that claims an exemption from registration. InSpirit Institute is a non-degree career and technical training provider in Dubuque, Iowa that currently offers massage therapy programs. The Institute sought exemption on November 29, 2017. Commission staff have attempted to work with the Institute to achieve full compliance, but compliance has not been achieved. Received staff reports regarding additional post-secondary registration matters and financial reports. Received reports from the Committees on Audit and Finance, Community Engagement, and Human resources and nominations met in closed session to conduct interviews with two finalists for the position of executive director in light of director Ms. Jack's impending retirement and met in open session and selected Mark Wiederspan to be executive director of the commission effective January 24, 2020. A formal announcement will be made at a later date. Dr. Wiederspan is currently the administrator of the commission's research and communications division. The agenda materials and reports are available on the commissioner's website. The College Student Aid Commission's next meeting is scheduled 
scheduled for January 24, 2020 in Des Moines. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Robin Madison, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-5270. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 25, 2019, Iowa Economic Development Authority Board Meeting, November 2019. The Iowa Economic Development Authority, IEDA Board, met on November 22, 2019 and took the following actions direct financial assistance and tax benefits. The board approved five projects for direct financial assistance and tax benefits through the High Quality Jobs Program, HQJP. The awards are to assist in the creation of 89 jobs and are expected to result in approximately $82.8 million in new capital investments. Contracts. The board approved contract signing extensions for two companies, approved contract amendments for four projects, and terminated one contract. Demonstration Fund. The board approved loan awards of $100,000 from the Demonstration Fund for INSEER Incorporated. The Demonstration Fund provides financial and technical assistance to encourage high technology, prototype, and concept development activities that have a potential to lead to commercially viable products or services. Innovation Fund Investment Tax Credit Certificates. The board approved the award of approximately $51,000 in innovation fund investment tax credit certificates. The certificates are to encourage seed capital investment in innovative Iowa businesses, primarily those in advanced manufacturing, biosciences, and information technology. The certificates represent 25% of the investor's equity investment in a certified innovation fund. Small business innovation research and small business technology transfer outreach program. The board approved the award of up to $325,000 for seven small business innovation research and small business technology transfer SBIR slash STTR outreach program requests. The program is designed to increase the rate of successful grant applications for Iowa's innovative businesses seeking federal grants through the Federal Small Business Administration's programs. One component of the program provides up to $50,000 in financial assistance to companies, $25,000 when the federal award is granted, and $25,000 when a Phase II proposal is submitted. Strategic Infrastructure Program. The board approved a strategic Strategic Infrastructure Program Fund Award of $1.3 million to Iowa State University for the Cybersecurity Research Institute for Manufacturing. The fund is established under Iowa Code Section 15.313. The purpose of the Iowa Strategic Infrastructure Program is to assist projects that develop commonly utilized assets that provide an advantage to one or more private sector entities or that create necessary physical infrastructure in the state and such projects are not adequately provided by the public or private sectors. Each project is vetted by the Iowa Innovation Council, IIC, which makes recommendations to the IEDA board. Administrative Rules. The board approved administrative rules proposals for the Renewable Chemical Production Tax Credit to add chemicals as building block chemicals. 
Vendor contracts. The board approved one vendor contract for fiscal year 2019. Financial summary. The board also received financial reports from IEDA staff. As of October 31st, 2019, the following amounts remain unobligated. General fund operations fiscal year 2020, $11.5 million. High quality jobs program fiscal year 2020, $19.2 million. Tax credit cap fiscal year 2020 allocation, $100 $11.7 million. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Ron Robinson, Senior Legislative Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-281-6256. Fiscal update. Fiscal Services Division, November 26, 2019. Child Care Assistance Forecasting Group, November 2019. Forecasting Group. Staff from the Department of Management, DOM, the Department of Human Services, DHS, and the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency, LSA, met on November 21, 2019 to discuss the Child Care Assistance, CCA, program's estimated fiscal year 2019 and fiscal year 2020 expenditures. The forecasting group is established in Iowa Code Section 234.47 to discuss revenues and expenditures and agree on an estimate for the current and upcoming fiscal years. Fiscal Year 2019 Actual. Fiscal Year 2019 finished $5.6 million below the consensus forecast of the group. The following factors contributed to this difference. After the forecasting group met in March, the DHS received an additional $1.1 million of Child Care Development Fund, CCDF, redistributed matching funds for federal fiscal year 2019. These funds come from the unspent and unobligated portion of the other states matching fund grants that are available to states that have met the requirements for matching funds in the grant period. The amount of funding provided through this part of the CCDF formula is unpredictable and therefore not included in the baseline funding estimates for fiscal year 2020 or fiscal year 2021. Child care assistance expenditures for services were $4 million or minus 3.3% lower than projected by the forecasting group. All other program-related expenditures were $0.5 million lower than the DHS budgeted. Fiscal year 2020, the forecasting group estimated that CCA will have a fiscal year 2020 ending balance of $23.7 million. The fiscal year 2020 revenue estimate also includes some redistributed matching funds from the CCDF for federal fiscal year 2019 that were received in state fiscal year 2020. These redistribution funds are not included in the fiscal year 2021 revenue baseline. Although it is still early in the fiscal year, the number of regular CCA cases are lower than when fiscal year 2019 ended. Additionally, the number of children receiving services through the Promise Jobs Eligibility segment has started increasing corresponding with overall cases in the Family Investment Program or FIP. The federal appropriation language around the Child Care and Development Block Grant, CCDBG, funds 
requires the increased funding to supplement, not supplant, state funding of CCA programs. The Administration for Children and Families, ACF, Office of Child Care, considers a state to have satisfied the, quote, supplement, not supplant, end quote, requirement if the state has not made administrative or legislative changes to reduce the amount of general revenue funds for child care assistance to low-income families below the amount the state would have spent under state law and policies in place on the date of enactment of the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2018. March 23, 2018. Fiscal year 2021. The consensus estimated need for fiscal year 2021 is $5.5 million before applying the carry forward from the previous fiscal year. Once the projected fiscal year 2020 surplus is utilized, there is a projected surplus of $18.3 million. Regarding the fiscal year 2021 projection, there was an adjustment in the CCA plus eligibility assumptions. As reported in a previous fiscal update article, the state is on a corrective action plan for some program policy items that will affect overall program expenditures beginning in fiscal year 2021 beyond regular enrollment growth and cost per case increases. The most significant area where Iowa is out of compliance with federal regulation is in Iowa's 12-month eligibility limit on CCA+. Whereas the final federal rule requires perpetual funding as long as the family is below an established exit eligibility ceiling. As part of the fiscal year 2021 department request, the DHS is proposing to change the CCA plus component to include continuous eligibility as long as a family's income remains below 185% of the federal poverty level. This change is estimated to cover 80% of the children currently eligible under CCA+. The forecast incorporates this policy change. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Kent Ohms, Legislative Analyst 3 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725-2200. To see the chart that accompanies this article, go to the Iowa General Assembly website at www.legis.iowa.gov. Click on the Publications tab, then click on Fiscal Analysis in the gray area to the left. Next, under the heading Fiscal Publications, click on Fiscal update and go to the PDF titled Child Care Assistance Forecasting Group, November 2019. Fiscal Update, Fiscal Services Division, November 26, 2019. Adoption Subsidy Forecasting Group, November 2019. Forecasting Group, Staff Members from the Department of Management, DOM, the Department of Human Services, DHS, and the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency, LSA, met on November 22, 2019 to discuss the adoption subsidy program caseload growth and expenditures for fiscal year 2020 and fiscal year 2021. The forecasting group is established in Iowa Code Section 234.47 to discuss expenditures and agree on a consensus estimate for the current and upcoming fiscal years. Adoption Subsidy Projections The current estimate of the adoption subsidy program utilizing the status quo general fund appropriation is 
an estimated ending surplus of $1.1 million in fiscal year 2020 and an estimated surplus of $1.5 million in fiscal year 2021. Under current law, these funds will be carried forward for reinvestment savings expenditures in fiscal year 2020. The percent of children eligible for funding under Title IV-E continues to increase and an increase in the regular federal medical assistance percentage FMAP rate also contributes to the surplus in fiscal year 2021. Reinvestment savings. The DHS current reinvestment obligation from FFY 2015 to FFY 2020 is estimated to total $14.4 million. Current reinvestment spending through state fiscal year 2021 is estimated to total $5.5 million. Most of the expenditures to date have been for the Treatment Outcome Package, or TOP, tool. In addition, the DHS anticipates incurring expenses for the subsidized guardianship program. After accounting for that spending, there would remain a current estimated obligation of $8.9 million. Utilizing the forecast surpluses to offset part of this and including an estimate of the succeeding federal fiscal year reinvestment obligation, there is a current unfunded liability estimated at $6.3 million. The DHS is continuing to develop ideas that could address the current obligation. Services must have been started after FFY 2016 to qualify as new reinvestment expenditures and some of the one-time expenditures used to implement the Federal Families First Protection Services Act, Public Law 115-123, could qualify. The LSA staff contact for this fiscal update is Kent Ohms, Legislative Analyst 3 with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency at 515-725. 5200.